When coming up with an anecdote for today's episode, I was not faced with the usual challenge of scrounging for a relatable example that our audience would relate to. Instead, there were just too many obvious examples to choose from. My solution, choose none of them and talk directly to you as a valued listener of our podcast. Take a moment to think about the volume at which you are currently listening. Now, don't try and turn it down or up because the chances are the volume at which you are listening to is different to the volume that your brother, sister, dad, daughter, son would be listening to. We all hear differently. Our next guest, James Fielding, is CEO of the ASX listed Ordera. Ordera is a global hearing health leader, passionate about redefining hearing health with a particular focus on delivering products that provide world-class, tailored listening experiences. Alongside his small but driven team, James aims to change the way we think about hearing. James Fielding's resume is quite impressive. A devoted student, James completed a Bachelor of Medicine at the University of Queensland and was poised for a relatively stable career in surgery, when his desire to question the status quo ultimately got the better of him. Hello and welcome back to The Business Of. My name is Will. And I'm Charlie. Today, we unpack with James some captivating concepts, including his transition from aspirational surgeon to CEO. The process behind commercialising a product that merely initially began as an idea to help people. And finally, he emphasises the importance of his belief in his product, and more importantly, himself, in attracting investor capital. We hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome back to the business of today. We are very lucky to be joined by Ordera CEO, James Fielding. How are you, James? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. And now, as always, I've got Will in the studio with us. How are we, Will? Good, thanks, Charlie. Keen to, for this discussion today. So, James, I guess we'll start off. Um, so, you studied medicine at university, correct? I did. Yeah. And then, so, what prompted you to not go into that field directly and, you know, pursue a more business-oriented career? Essentially, I could never pick between business and medicine, so ended up doing both. (laughs) Uh, Before I did med school, I did a business degree and a science degree. And during that time, met a few interesting people, ran around, had a bit of life experience, worked in a casino in Vegas for a few months, worked in a hedge fund in New York for a few months, worked for a bloke called Harvey Weinstein and won an Oscar, (laughs) then came back and did med school. (laughs) And then during med school, was lucky enough to get a scholarship to do an MBA. And so by the time I'd finished med school, I'd been put in touch with a few people that wanted to look at the world a little differently. And so I did my intern year and I was all getting ready to be a surgeon, but we had a whole bunch of super exciting opportunities and I figured I could help more people doing that than I can with my own two hands. And so far, so good. Yeah, so you, so you spoke about helping people. Um, can you explain to us in a bit more depth what the problem that Ordera aims to address is? Yeah, the biggest problem as we see it is that people don't focus on their hearing health until it's too late. Mm. Because people lose their hearing most often in a really gradual and unseen kind of way. And by the time people are told they have a problem with their hearing, it then takes on average about seven years to do something about it. And that's at a stage that's already far enough down the track that it's impacting their quality of life. Mm -hmm. So we were looking at a problem of people not being able to access their audiograms or their hearing health information. So the first thing we built was a device that goes beep to tell you what your hearing's like. Mm. But the thing is, those numbers don't mean anything to anyone. It's just a bunch of dots on a screen and people get confused about what it means and why it matters. Mm. So we said, how about we do something to change your behaviour to do with your hearing? And Mm. we'd done all of the tech 
to make a set of headphones that can understand how you hear in really precise detail, let's use that to make someone's entertainment experience incredible. Mm-hmm. Because when you do that and you can show people the difference between here's what things sound like in my normal life and here's what things can sound like when it's adjusted for my individual hearing profile, mm-hmm. it turns the lights back on and it just blows a lot of people's minds. I mean, for young people with technically perfect or normal hearing, you know, there's precision, there's clarity, there's detail. Wow, it sounds great. For someone who hasn't heard vocals in their right ear in 30 years, that kind of <laughs> stuff, like it just is completely incredible. And you think about, mm. we thought we were doing something super technical. It was medically based, heaps of science, heaps of research, lots of people involved. And at the end of the day, we just have husbands and wives arguing with each other about the volume of the TV. You know, for a lot of people, they come home and what's supposed to be a relaxing, enjoyable part of the end of their day, watching a bit of telly, you know, streaming YouTube on their laptop, whatever it is, Mm. either it's cranked up so loud it's blowing the windows out or they have to use (laughs) subtitles that are incorrect. And so there's all these parts of life that we had no idea about. And as we started to get into why do we care about hearing, because my grandpa was losing his hearing and that's mm. one of the leading causes of dementia, which is mm. horrible. So you get people yeah. that start to withdraw and social isolation, depression, all the horrible sides of hearing. How do we flip that on its head and try and make it about getting the most out of your experience and mm. being positive about it? Because it's not about finding out what's wrong with you. That's not what we do. We find out how you can get the best out of your entertainment experience mm. and it's a really incredible thing when we get nice emails, we get phone calls, and wow, this mm. is so amazing. And, you know, we joke and say, sell a headphone, save a marriage. And it's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, full on. You see some of these people that, you know, the wife will drag the husband in by his ear and say, you fix him or I'm leaving him. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's a big deal. And so, yeah, that's one of the, the nicer things we get to do. But... At its core, we provide people the best possible entertainment experience based on their hearing. And we also give people, more often than not, the first time they've seen what their hearing is like compared to other people. Mm. So it takes a lot of the guesswork out and it puts it on the front foot in the hope that people will take action earlier, start to prevent their hearing loss into the future, which will decrease dementia rates, which will decrease social isolation, Mm. which will get people on the front foot because there's a stigma around hearing aids and around hearing loss that if I wear hearing aids, there's something wrong with me. Mm. And we think it should be, I wear hearing aids because I care enough to listen to you. Mm. You know, I'm choosing to wear my hearing aids because Mm. otherwise you're not getting my full attention and you're not getting the full impact of me being able to understand you. And it's a really constant balance that we fight around, well, people don't want to seem old but from my point of view, I'd rather seem like I care. Mm. And we have families that say, oh, you know, mum, put your ears on or I'm not going to talk to you. Yeah. Mm. You know, and that idea that everyone else in a person's life wants them to be wearing hearing aids, wants them to be engaged, wants them to be getting the most out of it, but the person themselves is still trapped by, you know, a 50-year-old stigma yeah. around yeah. hearing aids equal weakness. And so we're trying to shift that and trying to make it really positive and say, thank you for engaging in this thank you for being aware of it and Mm. put it on the radar oh that's Mm. awesome and i suppose um the whole idea of hearing um that's something that really interests interests me because you started it a fair while ago now and like i guess back then 
you're a surgeon or you're, you're a med student, surgeon, you've got all these qualifications. What led you towards hearing? What, what's the, can you speak to some of those motives? Yeah, so I've been a musician my whole life. I started playing piano mm. when I was five, started drumming when I was 10, yeah. played in different bands when I was 18, played in an you know, awesome band called The Dash Hands. We've actually got a gig on Sunday, which would be quite fun. Where, where's the gig? Give it a plug. Where's the yeah, Happy Valley Brewery, Sunday afternoon. Love it. Should be wow. nice, actually. Dad Hands getting back together. <laughs> which, uh, very good. Will and I might be there. <laughs> happy, happy Valley. Yeah, yeah in nice. Stafford. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's oh, a good nice. spot, actually. It's our first time together in two years because one of the boys joined the army and went off and served, and then the other bloke went off to the UK to have his babies with his missus family in Nottingham. So, yeah, <laughs> wow. no, a lot of fun stuff. So I'd always loved music and loved the impact music can have in people's lives. Yeah. Mm. And, yeah, originally uh, my buddy that I'd started the company with, he was in an ENT clinic and it was easier to see the surgeon than it was to get the hearing test. Wow. Which just seems mm. That's a just bit right. out of kilter, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so we figured we can make a machine that goes beep. And he was a robo mechatronics engineer from the military, and he said, "I can build this thing." And I thought, "I'll bet you can." <laughs> <laughs> so we did, and from there, the original "Can it help people with their hearing?" Was, oh, that's cool. But then shifting it to now, we get to give people their music back. Yeah, uh, you've got my full attention. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. Um, so, who are the major competitors in your space? And um, like, could existing headphone companies potentially move into um, the space that Odea is sort of in? So it depends which game you're playing. We've built yeah. ourselves a nice little niche by selling into audiology clinics. Mm. So we sell our headphones primarily where people are selling hearing aids. And yeah. in that world, there's Sennheiser TV listening headphones yeah. and there's us. Oh, cool. So wow. if somebody doesn't want a hearing aid, mm. the options that the clinic have or have traditionally offered a very few. Yeah. So we play in a world where it's either one versus one or we are the only one. Wow. So mm. we've become the only headphone supplied in Amplifon clinics globally, which is the biggest audiology retailer on the planet, mm. which is very exciting. And as we start to see additional products being rolled into audiology clinics, I think the competition has the potential to increase, but we're also on the front foot, so we just yeah. adapt our product offering. Mm. There are other people who do personalized sound. A few of them do it fairly well. Most of them do it very poorly. Mm. And so we get a competitive advantage by being in the game a bit longer and focusing on the medical route and actually building our own yeah. digital signal processing. So we, we do our test to a deeper degree and we change the sound ourselves, so it just performs an awful lot better yep. can other people do personalized sound absolutely mm. can they access our distribution channel well it, it took us four years mm. so mm. i feel like there's a pretty decent moat they don't like yeah. change they don't like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. big big yeah. organizations mm. that don't like to adapt particularly quickly so we've been gobbling up sennheiser's market share over wow. the last few years and yeah, we think that playing in that space, we've got a nice little moat. But can people make headphones that sound good? Of course they can. Mm. Yeah. I suppose um, you speak about yeah your distribution networks being so strong. One other thing I find very interesting is your guys' relationship with government bodies as well. Mm. So how have you sought to develop um, those relationships and yeah, what, what benefit have they been providing, um, I suppose, two-way? Yeah. yeah, so when we came out, we did a Kickstarter campaign, we were running around trying to say, 
our headphones sound really amazing no matter what your hearing's like. It was a consumer play. Mm. We did 500 grand in that first 30 days. Really Jesus. exciting, good wow. impact. You know, <laughs> got to learn a lot. But yeah. the people that we were impacting the most were the people who had cochlear implants, who had hearing aids, who mm. were already using devices. But those devices don't solve the entertainment problem. So they were turning to us to be a part of the rest of their life, which mm. is awesome yeah and so we were taking that narrative back into the health circle and started talking to the australian government provider which is hearing australia and they gave us a shot they saw what we did they'd had a few people give us positive reports so we got a supply contract into hearing australia and to do that we started learning an awful lot about what's available in the hearing health system and Australia has by far the most comprehensive hearing health government support system on the planet. Wow. Mm. So we've got three systems that provide our headphones and a number of other hearing aids and hearing health services completely free of charge. So we've got the hearing services program, which at the moment they estimate could value about 2 million people in Australia and only a million people use it. So there's Mm. a million people who could be getting our headphones for free that just don't know about (laughs) it yet. (laughs) Then there's the Department of Veterans Affairs, which is really good. So if you're a DVA gold card holder, you Mm. get our headphones for free. Mm. And then, well, using your government funding, we shouldn't say free. And then the NDIS, we're part of daily adaptive devices and hearing-specific equipment. So that's another 500,000 people in Australia who can use their NDIS funding to buy our headphones. So as a combo, uh, it's about 2.5 million people in Australia who can get assistive listening devices like our headphones, zero out-of-pocket. (laughs) <laughs> and so our challenge is reaching them and telling them about it. Yeah, wow. So it's it's a pretty impressive system. And as we launch into the rest of the world, we're starting to see the impact of that. Because mm. in other markets, they don't have that support. Hearing's not on radars. It's not in insurance plans, mm. all those sorts of things. So it's a very different dynamic. Mm. Yeah, you just touched on um, the other countries there. Because obviously your deer is trying to expand worldwide mm-hmm. so how has your product so far been received in those countries and we noticed that um you've negotiated audi- audiology partnerships in hungary poland and are negotiating um one with germany as well and like how do those partnerships come about and how do you find like which countries to negotiate partnerships with yeah so we have a very simple business model that we shifted to at the start of 2019 after a failed attempt to launch in consumer land in china mm. i shred the whole company and essentially said, if you're not sitting next to me in Brisbane, you're no longer part of the equation. Yeah. And we tightened up the team and we did all that. Yep. And it was a very simple equation. Build the number of clinics stocking the product. Yeah. Increase the amount of revenue per clinic. Simple B2B model. Yeah. And the beauty of our industry is that five players rule the whole world. They represent about 85% of audiology sales through mm. five names. Yeah. And so we built out those five names in Australia. In 2019, we got the Hearing Australia one. They gave us 70 sites. And over the last three years, we've built up to being about 1,500 now, which is great. So we've got every clinic in Australia, which feels really good. Mm -hmm. And that includes those five big names. So we've moved up the chain with those. And the key contract we have, Hungary and Poland, kind of the first ones, 
off the rung, but we announced the global partnership with Amplifon in July, which gave wow. us every clinic yeah. on the planet. Yeah, yeah wow. uh, which is great. So that's <laughs> yeah. you know, an an awful lot of countries, and it's yeah. we do well here. We over service. We really care. We listen. We adapted our product. We got it in there, and so then the regional heads here, the MDs of Australia, talk to the Asia Pack regional heads and then they talk to the US team and the European teams and so at the moment we're having global chats with three of them and it really is based on reputation because we're talking about clinicians it's yep. it's health it's a much more tightly controlled industry mm. and reputation and word of mouth is everything they want to see it they want to try it yep. the worst thing you can do is embarrass a clinician Right. Mm, so someone's yeah. gone in asking for their help. They provide them a product. It doesn't work. They're just never going to use it no, again. Yeah, and we've yeah. had that a few times. You know, we make a consumer electronic product that's sold into a clinical setting. Sometimes they break. Like yeah. headphones yeah, yeah. have failure rates. Yeah. The charging port might not work. Whatever it is. Yeah. And so we just immediately over service, drive out, give them a new one, go to that client's house, set it up for them, well, so yeah. that we can go up and up and up, and we can be having chats in. Florida and Denmark in the same day trying to launch things mm. internationally, which is pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, that's very cool. And I suppose all of these um, endeavours require a bit of funding. Um, can you speak to us a bit about the funding history right from the, I suppose, right start right at the start? Um, my understanding is you guys were just crowdfunded online initially. Is that correct? Well, there was a step before that because okay, yep. we were going to do it ourselves after we pivoted from <laughs> pure medical into entertainment piece, the original play was very simple, just make an algorithm and sell it to Beats. Yeah. Like it, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't, yeah. you know, just go over, sit with Jimmy Iovine, show him that it's better and be done. <laughs> and so we built up, I was going to step away from the hospital, we needed to cover a few things. So we actually had an angel investor come in who's become our chairman and one of my best mates now. He backed all five of the companies that Chris Jeez. and I started back in 2015. And wow. he gave us a couple hundred grand, which was great. And then we did the Kickstarter, which got us through the next phase. Yeah. And then we had a lovely family office through Family Connections here in Brisbane who backed us through the distribution because we ended up shipping to 63 countries after that Kickstarter campaign. So Jeez. it was a fair amount of oh, stuff yeah, going yeah. on. And then we did a convertible note to which I put in half of it. So I sold out of some of my other ventures to back headphones because yep. I'd kind of melted the bridge into China. So I figured I'd put my money where my mouth was and fund it up from <laughs> that point. And then we went through and did the IPO. So there was 300 grand, there was a Kickstarter, then revenue, then there was a mill, then there was another mill, and then there was seven in the IPO. Yeah. And since mm -hmm. the IPO, we've done another mill and then a month ago did 2.8. Wow. Yeah. To try and take over the world which we seem to be doing which is yeah, pretty well, cool certainly are yeah so can you talk us through the logic um behind your decision to go public in um may 18 2021 it's a fairly long story that anchors itself on the way the market was at that time yeah. and some of the competitors in our space that had already gone public mm. so we had a number of key influencers who were looking at 
taking advantage of positive public market cycles. Yeah. We had a very good narrative. We were going global. It was health tech. And a competitor in the space was doing revenues equivalent to us and were valued at 50, 60 million bucks. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So we're looking at it going, mm. ooh, there's something in this. Let's have a look, see how it plays out. We had originally attempted a run earlier and earlier in 2020, I think. And then there were 160 IPOs in <laughs> yeah. <that> October, November. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, luckily our broker said, look, this is just ridiculous. Let's push it. And yeah. so it's a pretty big deal to put the brakes on and then wait until yeah. March. But the the cycle of when you actually ring the bell is different to when you get the commitment to the funds yeah, and the funds yeah. actually land and then you actually ring the bell. So to be honest, by the time I rung the bell in March or May, what was your number? I think it was May. We May 18. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Done our homework. We signed the paper in March. That's the that's the confusing part. Yeah, by yeah. the time we actually rung the bell, yeah. I was a bit over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hit that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, the money had been in the bank for six weeks or something yeah. and it already happened yeah and then mm. there's the doing it and then the actual ringing so um yeah the logic was we thought we could get greater shareholder value and increase the valuation of the company as yeah. well as streamlining future capital raises mm. knowing yeah. that we had global aspirations raising capital into a public entity is or was supposed to be a simpler option yeah yeah and so we took it yeah, yeah. no no fair That's enough cool. and that, that makes a lot of sense and i suppose one of the, one other significant thing for you guys um being i suppose in the space you are um the r d spend early on in your time and like working with all these new technologies really interests me because i'm an accountant i sort of work in that space and um where did you guys look to allocate most of your capital early on because it is scarce so like yeah how do you guys go about spending your money we were all building the device yep. to start with mm-hmm. so 100% R&D the tech had to work yeah and then we engaged a branding and marketing company once we were looking to do the Kickstarter yeah so the Kickstarter went March 1st and so we had actually engaged uh, Joseph Mark an incredible branding marketing mm-hmm. digital design agency here in Brisbane that well they're global now pretty mm. incredible team they yeah. kicked off work in september before that kickstarter campaign so that was our first real engagement with marketing and branding and mm. you know going from being a company with a cool idea to actually putting resource behind the customer acquisition piece because we needed the the tech to work first mm. Yeah. Mm, for sure and you speak about um marketing and branding your partnership with the lions aflw is one that i personally find really mm. positive mm-hmm. um how did this come about and what's the benefit to ordera yeah so we're actually the official healthy hearing partner of the brisbane lions the whole lion whole lions, there you go. which is great and so yeah. we had the girls at the end of last year the boys are kicking off soon then it'll be the girls at the end of the year as well so it's with the whole club which That's is really awesome. nice and mm. that started through um, a relationship we'd had with our share registry computer share oh. <laughs> the sort of corporate BD liaison there. So if we're looking for the logic to why they went public, that's uh, <laughs> that's, that's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And so uh, she's actually 
so she introduced us. She left Computer Share, joined the Lions. This is Rach. She's an absolute legend. And then she originally started with sponsor a player because the AFLW really underfunded all that kind of yeah. stuff. Most of the girls work two jobs and you know they work yeah. incredibly hard. Yeah. And so we ended up sponsoring a player. And she did a really good technique actually where she got 30 companies to sponsor a player rather than one company sponsoring the team. Yeah. So it's a much more palatable option. Yeah. And especially for a company like ours, it doesn't have huge marketing budget. Like, yeah, yeah that's a nice thing to do. Get out, get a rep. Mm. Because we've done the clinic bit. So if you're in audiology and you're in hearing health, we've got our footprint there. We're in that space and we have a team that drives that activity. Yeah. And what we're doing now is translating that clinic space and adding it into the health and wellness piece that we started out. Yeah. And so aligning healthy hearing with athletes who are always conscious of what they eat, how they exercise, you know, meditation, yeah. recovery, all the stuff. And we go around and we talk to all of these players, especially and they've never thought about hearing. It's not something they do. <laughs> and so it's a way to try and promote and engage people linking healthy hearing with a healthy lifestyle mm. in a way that's not intimidating. And mm. it seems to work really well. So we ended up sponsoring one player last season and then we came on board to sponsor the Lions as the official healthy hearing partners. Yeah. And aside from one of the big hearing aid companies having a relationship with the Dallas Cowboys, I'm pretty sure oh, wow. we're the only healthy hearing partner of a sports team mm. in mm. the world, which is pretty That's cool. incredible. And it's great yeah. from the Lions' point of view as well. For sure, yeah. Because they created a new category and they're all about promoting health and wellness in the community. And so we'll be doing a bunch of community engagement with them as well, especially mm. out into Indigenous communities where hearing loss is a really big impact in education mm. or those other things. Yeah. They can add hearing into the narrative around overall health and wellness. Yeah. And it goes back to that point about the stigma around yeah. hearing. It That's helps right. to break, break that down. down. Yeah. yeah. Which ultimately... Um, is good for good for you guys as a business because the the, the less stigma around it, the more people are going to want to look to, you know, improve their quality of hearing, and that's yeah. that's mm. that's that's good for good for everyone. I suppose. Um, just moving moving forward, um, I'm very intrigued by the robotics engineering research lab that you started. Uh, mm. to actually, I don't know if the this idea came from there or where it came from, but um, can you speak to that for a bit? Yeah, it was essentially just the most R&D sounding name I could think of <laughs> at the time. Uh, we had a bunch of different options, but yeah, I was lucky enough to meet a guy called Chris Jeffrey during the MBA studies at med school. Mm. And he brought me the idea from the ENT clinic and he was a very clever guy and we, well, he is still a very clever guy. <laughs> and he had a team of mates from different phases of university as well. So we essentially had five guys sitting around thinking about things and we were looking at an opportunity of how to help people in different ways. Mm. And so we created the different corporate entities. We had Ordera, Field Orthopedics, RER Labs, RER 360, and then Yum Confectionery uh, were all- Are they the five yeah, that this angel investor yeah. backed? And so RER Labs was just a bit of an idea factory and it yeah. was a way to 
siphon projects in and work on them and have a think about them and then if they're interesting enough spin them out yeah. so Audier and Fit Orthopedics stand on their own they sort of predated RER Labs and then RER Labs was a really great opportunity actually a lot of young engineers a lot of young people trying to get internships whatever at some stage we had 40 people sitting in this co-working space just tinkering on cool ideas Jeez, and man. then we were running them all all together all the time and it got a bit much so we ended up <laughs> separating yeah. them and we were at a well we we're on our way to an event in san diego i was in la with chris and there was an orthopedic conference in san diego i wanted to go to south by southwest music tech festival in austin and we just kind of shook hands and he took orthopedics i took headphones and we kind of divided the empire and mm. you know got off each other's boards and, and did all that kind of stuff so it's just one person running one company and giving it the attention it deserved yeah mm. wow um how did you um get that angel investor to not just back one of your companies but all five like, yeah well, how, how'd, like how'd you go about convincing him to invest in like you pretty much I don't want to sound like too much of an asshole. <laughs> Have you met me? <laughs> you need to. That's a good answer. Yeah, but that's what it is, right? You look exactly. someone in the eye and you ask them for help. You tell mm. them you've got a good idea. They ask you a bunch of questions. You answer them honestly. You make up the rest of it if you need to. Yeah. And you just promise not to bugger it up. Mm. We bugger up some of it. Like, yeah, yeah. Know, a couple of them we had to put ice on. But you know, if you can commit and show that you're going to work hard, mm. the number one way to get money from someone is to ask them for it yeah you're not just going to walk down the street and someone trips and throws their wallet at you you need to present yourself you need Mm. to present it clearly it often helps of course if someone cares about what you're doing yeah Yeah. so if they have a personal link a warm recommendation is essentially a necessity as well so knowing people that know people who can then put you in the room with a warm handshake Mm. and then go for it where you go because mm. yeah that cap that whole capital raising thing for early stage companies that are pre-revenue is like it is so hard like they yeah. the i would say that's like well i suppose that just is what you're buying for the whole time it's the backing of people and then the backing of someone how much like did you feel pressure because like you've mm. got you've got this bloke who's seen something in you clearly very talented individual and then okay i've got all this i've got the idea how do i now take this really cool idea and make it commercial and you're still currently in the process of like Mm. you know growing it even more yeah 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 there's lots of pressure uh it's now when the team jokes when i set my big lofty goals and they say oh no pressure i'm like no no heaps (laughs) (laughs) i like that that. pressure and time make diamonds so that's just you know stick it out but Mm. I meditate, I deep breathe, I run, I exercise, I, I do <laughs> yoga. I have an immense genetic sort of luck in that my parents are incredible and my family is pretty amazing. Yeah. So, you know, give it a crack, it'll be all right. Worst case scenario, I'll go back to being a doctor and the world will keep spinning. Yeah. But it's, mm. it's also, it's not fun all the time. Like mm. it wasn't fun to be me and christmas of 2017 it wasn't fun to be me uh. christmas of 2018 mm. it wasn't very fun at the start of 2019 but by the end of 2019 it was all right <laughs> uh. the end of 2020 was another bit of a train wreck because the ipo hadn't happened and what are we doing and blah 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 so it's uh. bits of ups and downs 
But Still got plenty that, of hair though, so you're going all right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'd had a shaved head for 15 years and then my, oh, daughter, really? my daughter said I didn't have any hair. And I said, well, I'll prove you wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, something that I've been saying for a while as I talk to different people and do presentations and whatnot is my life is great. My job is hard sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you have to keep that perspective. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it also helps that. He's a really good bloke. I mean, we've had some very, very hard conversations as mm. an investor, chairman, director, business partner, all that kind of stuff. Mm. You know, mm. It's not easy, especially when it doesn't go particularly well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not all yeah. uh, you know, rainbows and butterflies, but we keep taking one step in front of the other and get on with it. Mm. Mm. Do you want to speak just quickly about your leadership style? You spoke before about how you like your team to be, I guess, under pressure. Um, do you want to speak about that for a bit? Yeah, it's not so much that I like them being under pressure. It's that I like them knowing that they've got an important job. To yeah, do, yeah, yeah. Right, and yeah, we do. set ourselves lofty goals, and I expect them to hit them. Mm. And yeah. we don't always. Yeah, yeah, I expect them to, and I yeah. expect them to want to, and a bit deeper, I expect them to need to. Mm. I, I like people to align with us on how important it is because yeah. we're trying to help people. And yeah. so it's really hard to help people mm. you know, and we take it very seriously. I tend to try and keep a fairly personable leadership style. Like I, I also trust people a lot mm. and that has pros and cons for sure. Mm. I tend to be fairly North Star. I would say, hey, I want this. Yeah. yeah, and then it's your job to get it. Yeah, and in doing so, trying to be there to help them and try not to kind of throw people in the deep end too much, but give them the opportunity to bring their own way of doing it mm. to avoid micromanaging as best I'm able, uh, which is a fairly tricky balance. Yeah, I think being the founder as well, we did all of it. Mm. Like I was yeah. doing the books for all five companies. I was. <sighs> You know, doing the sales calls, we do the customer support, really? we can do the freight and the shipping, whatever. Like, I can do everything except the firmware. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't <laughs> write code, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. luckily. That's but crazy. I don't do it as well as all of them. And so knowing that you could just do it, because the trap that I think you can fall into, and I used to fall into a lot, is oh, I'll just do it. Yeah. yeah. I just... I'll just do it. I'll just stay up to one and it'll get done. Mm. Yeah. And so then I shifted that and brought a, I'm going home for dinner. Yeah. You guys have got a job to do kind of thing. And it works fairly well, I think, most of the time. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a good atmosphere. There's a good team camaraderie. People do what needs doing without being asked. They step up, they get on with it. But that's also in the way we build the team too. Mm. Because Alex and I... You know, Alex is the reason this company exists. We run different methods and different yeah. systems. Um, there's the book Surrounded by Idiots. I don't know if you guys have read that one about <laughs> different personality types right. and their different colors and whatever. It's definitely worth a read. It's like yeah. seven habits and getting things done and all those sorts of things. It's yeah. essentially how to deal with people and yeah. what they need and mm. how to communicate with them and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. I'm very yellow and he's very blue and that's supposed to be a fairly toxic dynamic. But <laughs> it, works, it works really well, especially because I'm the evangelist, CEO, message, yeah. give the presentation guy yeah. and he's the 
everything has to work and be precise and quality and detail and execution. Yep. And that's why it works. Yeah. And mm. so we have very different leadership styles and I think it works because we're leading in different ways to different members of the team who need that dynamic. Yep. And if people don't fit the culture and don't stand up when they're, you know, if the North Star isn't enough and you can't find your way there mm. or you aren't willing to work your way there, mm. odds are you won't hang around very long. Uh. I must say, though, um, since Will and I are sitting here in the office with James, we haven't seen someone who hasn't smiled as we've come in. So by the yeah. sounds of it, uh, your team really enjoys that journey um, and sort of getting in the trenches because yeah. sm- smaller smaller companies, I suppose, um, you are, you are. They get the privilege of getting to work with their CEO, getting to getting to see him day to day, and I suppose the fruits of it are very much still like very much still ahead for you guys. Yeah, yeah. it's it is really crazy to think sometimes how much we get done with the people we have here. Yeah, uh. too. And we the companies we work with are billion dollar international yeah. entities well amplifon oh, yeah. will, will was calling up calling them up for a hearing yeah, test right. at one yeah. point <laughs> <laughs> they gave me a free hearing test <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> i can uh, give you a free hearing test there's some headphones just there okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah. How, how are you finding the audio technicas there oh they're uh, great a bit too boomy but yeah. Yeah. No, i agree <laughs> yeah. um james just to finish off um i'd like to ask our guests is there one piece of advice you would give to your 20 year old self that's tricky, isn't it? Usually mm. the advice I'm asked is what I would tell other people. 20-year-old me was all right, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, he exactly. was doing all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was having an awful lot of fun. Uh, was that med school yet? Or was no, you, no, no, you, no, you no, still no, no, gallivanting. Yeah. I was heavily gallivanting. <laughs> I think <laughs> I'd just gotten back from a world trip, just started dating my then-girlfriend, now-wife. Oh, wow. Gotcha. Doing That's three awesome. subjects a semester. Life was pretty good. I was just cruising around, I think. Uh, no, I think just back it in. You'll be all right. Mm. Yeah. Stay the course. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Short and succinct. I like it. Um, thanks for your time today, James. Really appreciate it. Um, thanks for your insights into Rodera. It's a very interesting company. So thanks for that. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, James. Nice. Best of luck. Yeah, cheers. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you for listening to The Business Of. If you enjoyed the show, please consider rating and following us on your chosen podcast platform, LinkedIn and Instagram, as it helps others find us.